10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, Sunday, November 5th. The boys are back. Ken and Hal here. We don't have a guest this week, but we got a big guest coming next week. If you guys listen to Spit and Chicklets, executive, uh, I don't know if he's executive producer. The producer of Spit and Chicklets, Mikey Grinelli, is going to be on with us next week, talk a little bit of college hockey. So that'll be cool, but this week it's just me and Hal, so you guys are blessed. Hal, how are we doing? How's your week, buddy? Feeling good. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, daylight savings, you know, getting that extra hour of sleep, but going dark at 4 o'clock at night. It's 8.40 right now. I'm feeling pretty tired and depressed, so going to try to rally. I'm kind of about the whole the uh, getting darker sooner thing. I don't know why. Probably because it means Christmas season's coming up and I get real giddy for that. But yes, yeah. that's, that's a tough look for me. But uh, all right, you need to fi- you need to figure your shit out. What? I'm bringing. I'm going to bring it. Let's go. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to do the same shit we normally do, except we're going to do a voicemail uh, from Patty B, which we'll get to in a bit. But NHL. What was that? Fan favorite, Patty B. Fuck yeah, man. All right, without further ado, NHL in the news. Play the music. All right, so a couple podcasts ago, Hal and I agreed that we weren't going to bring up Matthew Shane ever again until he was traded. Breaking news, guys. He's he was traded today. Uh, Matt Duchesne went to Ottawa in exchange. Well, I don't really know who's exchanged for what, but so the Senators got Matt Duchesne. The Predators got Kyle Terrace, and I think Joe Sakic kind of got what he wanted. He got Gerard Kamenev, Bowers, Hammond, uh, two second round picks, and a third round pick went to the Avalanche. I guess the Gerard kid's supposed to be really good. You know, you got your picks. You got the Hamburglar going to Colorado. I think Ottawa's definitely going to be a little bit stronger down the middle. Matt Duchesne, I think, is going to excel there. If you look at the Preds, we were kind of making fun of them earlier this year because they got they got Nick Bonino to kind of, like, fill a center void. But when you look at the Preds down the middle now, they have uh, Johansson, Kyle Terrace, and Nick Bonino. That's a pretty strong three centermen. So they're doing their thing. And, yeah, I mean, Colorado's obviously in full rebuild mode. Uh, how what do you got for this? Uh, I mean, pretty pretty decent haul for Joe Sackick. I think it was, I mean, he looks like a dick still, kind of, the way the whole situation went down, but he kind of got the job done in the end. I mean, he got a good amount of prospects. Like you said, Gerard's puck-moving defenseman, Kamenoff. I looked it up because I wasn't sure. I was trying to figure out about, about these prospects. He's the Russian captain who, uh, I think two years ago now in the World Juniors, he got kicked out. Cause he like pushed a ref or something like that, a stick at a ref, and he was freaking out when Finland was about to win. Intensity. So getting a Russian, yeah, Russian nutcase. I mean, I don't know. I like the trades all the way around, except for 
and Senator fans are probably going to not like this. I just don't get it for Ottawa's standpoint. Like, they gave up prospects, picks, and is all of that really worth Matt Duchesne compared to Kyle Turris? Like, yeah. is there really that big of a difference? I understand that. I think Kyle Turris, there's, like, contract issues, and they don't think they're going to be able to sign him. Oh, yeah, that was a part of the, that was a part of the deal, by the way. Kyle Turris signed a six-year, $6 million contract in Nashville. Well, aren't you going to have to sign, like, the same amount for Duchesne anyway? Maybe a I little bit more, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're a Turris fan, aren't you? I think Turris plays a solid game. He's two-way. Yeah, he's a little uh, bit rugged, too. Yeah, he's just not as explosive as Duchesne. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, for Ottawa's standpoint, it seems kind of like a reach. Like, I don't get what they're doing there. Sometimes they make good moves, and then they, like, trade key prospects for Alex Burrows. Or, as much as I love Broussard, like, trading a young guy like Mika, who I still hate. Uh, for Broussard, I think it's a questionable move. So I just you hate I don't Mika get it from Ottawa's standpoint. I don't hate him, dude. I just don't really like his face and his DJing career. Oh, he's got uh, I I mean, I guess I don't know, man. Like, what do you think about Ottawa doing this? Because to me, like, I think Ottawa thinks they're all in right now, but I still don't think Ottawa's a contender. Like, they were a bad playoff team last year that went on like a weird run, and like, I never look at Ottawa and say, "Wow, this is their year." Um, this could be like another Ottawa thing of not having that premier player and they kind of just want to get it. I understand what you're saying. Like they gave up quite a bit for just a little bit of a boost. Uh, Turris is a little bit younger than Duchesne. I think Duchesne for sure is better than Turris right now, but if you're going to give that much up, I feel like you would want a bigger gap in between players of what you're getting. So I, I agree with you on that one. Um, my thing for you, you see what Duchesne got. Do you think Ed, I mean, I saw a lot of like Twitter kind of going nuts. Oiler fans got to be pretty pissed off about that, considering the fact that they traded Hall for Adam Larson. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, welcome to Peter Torelli, Edmonton. Like, every Bruins and warned you. I mean, yeah, that's totally, if you compare those two situations, it's rough. I get that Adam Larson's solid and they need a D, but, like, in the end, not really the same turnout. Also, um, yeah, I mean, do you think this makes Nashville a contender now? Because I'm still up in the air on Nashville, too. Like They were a feel-good story last year, but, but like, what do you think? I think Nashville's pretty fucking good. They're top four defensemen. I don't think there's a team in the NHL that can bring that. I mean, you have Subban, yeah. L- uh, Ellis, um, Yossi, and I, I fucking... It's Ekholm, right? Yeah. I fucking love that guy. That guy's nails. So, I mean, they got that top four. Ron Johansson down the middle. Um, I like Kyle Turse. They finally addressed their second-line center. Nick Benino. I don't think he's worth what he's getting paid, but at the same time, he's a pretty good fucking third-line center. On the wings, they, they got Forsberg. They got that younger kid who came out of nowhere, is Arvidsson, who's scoring like a shit ton of goals. So, I mean, it, it, the Predators, it all depends on how Pekka Rene ends up playing, but I, I I don't know. I think the Predators got better. I think Saka got what he want, and as a Senators fan, I can see where you can kind of... I think they're just pumped because they have a premier player and nobody's really that pissed off about it. But at the end of the day, I think you need to get a little bit more of a boost than just a Duchesne. You know what I, I just thought about, and I want to kind of like maybe go back on one of the things I said earlier. Sackett got a good return, but wasn't he like asking for like a young, like NHL-ready player? Like yeah. when, he, when the Bruins were talking, they wanted Carlo. Like Didn't they talk about like Brady Shea yep, with the Rangers? Brady Shea, yep. Like I, do, I actually am going to go back and say I'm not that totally sold on – this hall like the Gerard kid obviously looks like an interesting prospect but he's he's a five foot ten like soaking wet hundred he's not 150 pounds just a smaller French Canadian 
guy from the queue who puts up points. Like, I don't think that always translates that well to the NHL. So if that's, like, the best prospect you got out of it, is it – I don't know. I don't know if they really got what they wanted, but I guess Avalanche fans have to be happy it's over and they did get something. Yeah. It's not a terrible return, but I think he still wanted better. No, for sure. And I think once, like, the season started, I think it was pretty clear that the demands kind of went down a little bit. Uh, he still got what he, yeah, he still got what he got. He got younger, he got some prospects. We'll see. Uh, we'll move on right now to, we can't play the video because we're clearly a podcast, but earlier this week there was a, vi- there was a video of this, I don't know, probably like 10-year-old kid who just took a stick and tomahawked some other kid over the head. The mom in the stand started freaking out, demanded that the kid be let out of the door that she was sitting at. The kid skated over there, did a Gretzky curl, went down to the other end of the ice, got off the ice over there. It was pretty cool. Barstool blogged and tagged us in it, no big deal. Um, Hal, what do you got on this whole thing? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the kid who slashed another kid over the head? Tomahawk, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one... If you're gonna tomahawk a kid over the head with your stick, you gotta at least put a dent in the helmet. It didn't look like, like I think you can crack a helmet. If you're really tomahawking, I don't care of the age. Like I'm pretty sure you can crack one of those helmets, right? So you're saying, so you're saying, if you do it, commit? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like, kid needs to hit the weight room. I know he's ten years old, but at least do some like off ice cardio or something. Tough look there. I mean. I don't know. I don't. What are your thoughts? I, I want to hear your thoughts first on screaming moms and rinks. <laughs> I fucking love that mom. Uh, in my blog, I wrote about like you know those moms are annoying, but when when shit hits the fan, you know they'll come to bat for you. I thought it was hilarious that the kid kind of skated towards that door, saw the mom screaming, was like, "I'm all set." <laughs> like went to the other went to the other end. So he may not be as dumb as we thought he was. Uh, here's the thing: like I can't really compare it to like my mom because my mom, whenever she went to our games, like. It'd be she'd always just bitch about how cold it was and would just not really watch and maybe put on like some like Billy Joel song on her iPod and just pretend that she was like somewhere warmer. So I don't think my mom would have freaked out like that, but still I think it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean honestly, I probably if I if that was my mom, I'd be like, Mom, like shut up. Yeah. Right? Like that's kind of a tough look. Like mom's a little overprotective. Clearly she's crazy and no one's gonna mess with her, but yeah, you're right. I kind of like, like, my mom was very similar in the sense that I played hockey for, like, 18 years, and she doesn't really know what offsides is still, and I kind of like that. I like that relationship with them not knowing what's going on, because yeah. when there's easy gratitude, you know, they're right there for you, but they can't really tell what you saw. Exactly. That's way better than having the mom who thinks she knows everything. And you know what? We didn't really get to see everything. Maybe that kid was being a little shit that game. Like, there's no, no one just randomly is like, I'm going to tomahawk that kid. That kid probably had something coming to him, too. He's not as innocent as mom makes him seem. I, I mean, I would agree with that. Kind of turning it a little bit. If I was a dad and my kid got slashed in the face like that, I'd probably want to beat the shit out of that kid. Yeah, well, you true. Well, but you also got to think if you're the husband of that mom, you're sitting there like probably with the other hockey dads with like a hot coffee in your hand, like Jesus fucking. Christ. <laughs> Please. That, yeah, that is true. You can either like that or like you're behind her and you're like, yeah. Yeah, get give it give it to him. Just like fucking you know what I mean? Like just trying to stir the pot. True. True. But, uh, overall, shout out to Crazy Hockey Moms because every team has at least like three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh we'll move on. Whenever the Jets play the stars when they get off the ice, uh Tyler Sagan and Shifley do a little rock, paper, scissors, whoever loses get up, gets off the ice first. I thought it was kinda of funny. Uh you don't really see that ever. 
apparently, I mean, clearly they're still really good friends. They're both Canadian boys, very young, have the world by the balls. Um, how, what do you, what do you think about this? Do you think guys in the locker room are like, what the fuck are you doing? Or do you think it's just kind of like, yeah, they're boys or whatever? Yeah, I think it's probably more the latter where it's like, you're, they're boys, like they're just having fun. It's warm ups. <laughs> like clearly they're two elite players. Like I think if this was like two fourth line players, it'd be a little bit different. I don't know about fourth line. It all depends on your role. Like if you're a fourth line player, like you're kind of there to like keep the locker room loose and you like you always hear about how the enforcers and grinders are some of the best locker room guys. So I could see that. I feel like you either need to be a fourth line guy or a star. But if like you're a third liner like who's like like on a goals like goalless streak or something, like say you're like Michael Grabner, like you're good but you're not that good. Like you really like Michael Grabner really needs to be focused before the game. Yeah. Like if he's out there throwing rock, paper, scissors, like if I was a star player I'd be like Relax, but Shifley and Sagan, like, what is anyone in those locker rooms going to say to them? That is true. I mean, if if Mark Stahl was out there doing rock, paper, scissors before a fucking game, like, we would hear about it. So it, it definitely depends on, like, your clout in the locker room. Yeah, yeah 100%. That was the perfect. <laughs> Can you imagine Mark Stahl and, like, Eric Stahl doing rock, paper, scissors, like, getting off the ice? Just close your eyes and imagine, like, Mark Stahl and, like, God, I'm trying to think of who would be somebody else who was funny, like Dan Pye. When he was on the Bruins, like playing rock paper scissors before the game, he'd be like, "What is going here. on?" Yeah. So I mean, it's cool if the cool kids do it. It's bad if the bad kids do it. Um, New Jersey Devils, uh, Jesper Bratt. I think that Jesper Jesper Bratt. You put this down. Uh, kids tearing it up. I actually just picked him up on my fantasy team. Uh, what do you got on this guy? It's not just, I mean, his goal, do you see his, like, spinorama goal from, like, the blue line? Yeah. That was, that made no sense. Like, I was just thinking about it, like, and it was a snipe, too. Like, to get, the, like, the amount of, like, whip on that shot and the speed it went in and the precision is, like, crazy. I don't even, I couldn't do that, like, in my driveway with, like, a tennis ball. Yeah. I, I mean, that was incredible. I just wanted, here's what I wanted. I mean, you're obviously a Rangers fan. I kind of love to hate the Devils when they're good, yep. and we've been on the Devils a lot on this podcast last year or so, and like rightfully so. What do you have on the Devils? Like, they're, I, This isn't going to be sustainable. I like their coach. He plays the young players. I mean, I like Heashier. Paul's great. Will Busher shut us up pretty quickly, too. Brian Boyle, Corey, dude. Yeah, Brian Boyle. Good for him. We shit on him, too, a little bit. And then... Benedict Arnold. Fought through cancer. So, I mean, good for him. Um... What do you have on the Devils, just like as a Rangers fan? Are you excited that they're better? Because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think when you guys play and, like, you got Miles Wood who's willing to decapitate Holden, like, are you excited to have more competitive games with the Devils? And what do you think? Do you think they even have a shot at the playoffs? Um, I, I like the fact that it, hockey's better when the Devils are good. It's kind of like the Yankees in baseball. It, it's just it's better to watch when they're good. Um, at the same time, how – to you, what do the Devils need to be like a uh, playoff contending team? Because I just asked myself I, in my head, and I was like, I don't have a fucking clue. I don't like if you ask yourself that way. I don't think that they're anywhere to, like close to being there. Yeah, I don't think they have a stud defenseman. I mean, Will Butcher is good, but he's not going to shut a team down in the playoffs. They don't really have like that great top four D. I also don't think they have scoring depth. Obviously, they have these young kids, but still, like your boy Drew Stafford. Um, Ryan Boyles at the tail end of his career. Those are their role players. Like, they're really not great. It's an upgrade over, like, their 38-year-old Daniel Zubris days. Yeah. But 
I, I don't think they have all the pieces there. And you're, but I'm glad you said that you like it when they're good because I agree. Like they're hundred the percent. One, they're from New Jersey. Everyone hates New Jersey. Two, they're the Devils. Like they're just like a, such a hateable team when you just look at their makeup. Like it's so hard to root for them, but it kind of gives them a charm in the same way because like they don't even have to try and they're kind of hated. Yeah. Uh, do they make the playoffs? I don't think so. But it, it'd be kind of cool if they did. Um, USA hockey jerseys. Oh my god. Um, can you imagine like being the guy who it's hey USA hockey wants you to design their jerseys and you're like okay yeah I can do that and like thinking that like this is a good idea to like put out what they put out with with three different shades of blue. They they look like a. Uh, like back in the '90s, what like the soccer goalies wore for jerseys, or like uh, I saw somebody tweet it may have been Ryan Whitney, motocross jerseys, or Pete Blackburn. One of them said that they're terrible. I don't understand how anybody thought that was a good idea. Sometimes it's just really it's just better to go back to your roots and stay basic, and just keep the red, white, and blue. That's it. Only one shade of blue on a jersey with a USA. Like how is that hard? Yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't know. Like, USA has such easy colors to just, like, make such a nice jersey. I don't – like, Nike, I think Nike always kind of goes out on a limb with, like, Oregon Duck football jerseys. Those are always touted as sick. Like, hockey in the Olympics is not the place to come up with, like, these crazy concoctions of jerseys. All the jerseys, I'm looking at them now, they have that stupid shit on the sleeves. You know what I'm talking about? Except for Sweden. <laughs> Sweden was the only one that was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We'll just keep that simple. Yeah, I think Sweden's are right. I kind of like Germany's because they look pretty simple, too. But, I mean, how do you just put different shades of blue? I think they kind of look like something you'd see on, like, a bobsledder toboggan team. Like, just stupid. But at the same time, it's going to be mediocre hockey with no NHL players. So, mediocre jerseys kind of fit the whole situation. Like, who's going to, like, no NHL players, crappy jerseys, games are going to be in the middle of the night, like... Is this going to be the worst hockey Olympics ever, or are you going to be in tune because it's going to be kind of like the gutter war? Um, you know, I'm are you US... hyped? Do you have any hype whatsoever? Because when these jerseys came out, I completely forgot about the Olympics. Um, I'm a USA guy, dude. I go to battle with the boys, no matter no matter where, no matter when. I'll I'll stay up, I'll watch. I don't care if they're shitty. It's still USA, but I'm going to be pissed off having to see them wear those fucking jerseys, like buddy. You're probably never going to listen to this, but if you do listen to this, you had one job, dude. Make a jersey with three colors, red, white, and blue, and with three letters USA. That's literally all you fucking had to do. It's like a fucking fourth grader could have done that. Yeah. Take a fucking lap. Fuck that guy. Uh, Moving on. Oh, really quick. I was just... Have you looked at all at some of the people that could be on this team? No. Yeah, names on them. I don't know. Oh Nathan god. Gerby. Oh god, dude. Robbie Earl, you probably don't even know who that is. Jim Slater. Brian Gianna. Brian Malone. <laughs> Gianna, Bugsy Malone. Uh Matt Gilroy. Hobie Baker, dude. ESPN Bobby, thirty for thirty. Bobby Sanguinetti. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do you think <laughs> Dude yeah, can you imagine? All those Rangers fans that thought Bobby Sanguinetti and Matt Gerrard are going to be sick, just to find out, like, fucking four or five years later that they're playing for the shit USA team with three different shades of blue. 
I think I think I could get behind Bobby Sanguinetti on the U.S. Olympic team. I might get that jersey. Bobby Sanguinetti, Jesus, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens there. I think Russia's just going to fucking kill everybody. It's not even going to be fair. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, last thing in the news, the Rangers have won three straight. I'm still not convinced, man. Uh, you know, they, they beat... Who did they beat? They beat the Lightning. They beat the Panthers. Oh, okay, so they beat the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They were losing by, like, three fucking goals. And they ended up beating their fourth-string goalie. And then they moved on. They played a pretty good game against Tampa. I'll give them that. It was actually, like, enjoyable to watch, which was cool. And then they went and they played Florida, and they almost lost that one in a shootout. I think Rangers fans are kind of off of AB shit, and, like, that's what they want you to be. That's fucking dumb. This team, they're not going to do anything, man. It sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, like, my point that I wanted to ask you is, like, as a Bruins fan last year, there was so much talk about Claude Julien getting fired, and we'd play a couple shitty games, and they would come out like, if we lose this next game, he's getting fired. Then they go on like a three-game winning streak, yep. and it would be like, oh, Claude Julien's staying. And then you go right back to shit, and it goes back and forth and back and forth. Like, how long can you go through that? Like, I just don't understand. It sucks because you know the players are like are proud players. And even if they don't like AB, it's kind of a bad look when your coach gets fired because, like, it kind of comes back on the players in the end because that means you guys suck. Yep. So, like, they're trying to be play like their hearts out, but at the same time, it's like uh, maybe you feel like you just don't give hundred and ten percent tonight. Your coach gets canned, and then you're going to get somebody who will perform. Do you know what I mean? Like, dude, I wanted them to lose so bad when they were playing Vegas. They were down, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" And then Vegas, and then that fucking Vegas blew it, and I was like, "You know what? Their fourth string goalie was in." That's fine. We're playing, like, one of the best teams in the NHL. We're playing the Lightning, like, whatever. And then they go and they fucking beat the Lightning for no fucking reason. Like, thanks for showing up, Kucherov, you piece of shit. And then the next game, I did, I fell asleep. I slept for two two of the three periods, and I woke up. They were losing to Florida. I was like, fuck yes, let's go. And then they fucking come back and they beat Florida. So it's just like, they're just fucking with me at this point, man. Yeah, I... I it's crazy to me that some Ranger fans are, like, off the fire AV train already just because, like, just because he won three games doesn't mean he's changing his ways. Like, nothing's going to, like, get fixed until he's gone. So, I don't know. That's just fucking nuts. And then... Oh, Steve Camper got in two fights the other night, though, against the Lightning. He, he fought Ryan Callahan, and then he fought JT Brown. And in both fights, he, it was just kind of like... His first fight against Callahan, Callahan was just, like, giving him the business. And then Camper came up, and then Callahan fought him, and Camper just kind of like hung on. And then in his second fight, uh, there was a face-off, and Kevin Hayes squirted Alex Kilhorn with a water bottle, and JT Miller like fucking slashed Kilhorn. Everybody came in, and poor Stephen Camper got stuck with JT Brown, and JT Brown immediately dropped his gloves, and Camper just hung on for the ride. I thought that was really fucking funny. Steve Camper, 10, 10 penalty minutes that game. Peep. People forget that Steve Camper was harassing his ex-girlfriend and got dummied by a football player on Michigan's team. Exactly. Got us knocked in. I hate Steve Camper. When he came up with the Bruins, I was like, oh my god. People are acting like he was the next puck-moving defenseman. Dude, and, and they interviewed him between the periods. Like, So he had just fought Ron Callahan, went in between periods, and they interviewed him. And John Genone was like, so how about your first fight? And he's like, yeah, like, kind of gave us a business. I looked at him, he said he wanted to go, and he's like... I'm just hoping the boys, you know, could build off this energy. Like, dude, we were up two to one when you fought Ryan Callahan. He was fighting you to spark his bench, not not for you to fucking like. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that. Works. That is not how that works. Um, getting off the Steve Camper train. 
Uh, JT Miller, you mentioned him. He's putting up points this year. Is he like, is he like putting it together again? Does he look good? Here's the thing, dude. Last game, Joe and Sam were just sucking his dick the whole time, and he played a very, very good game. Up until that, I don't know if I'm just like really dumb. I don't think he's played that good. He's kind of taking that Derek Stepan type thing where, like, he's just putting up points. And it's just kind of like everybody's like, oh, JT Miller has mad points. Like, even Zuccarello. Zuccarello's almost a point-per-game player right now, and he's played, like, fucking ass the whole year. It's just, it's, like, really weird. Oh, and then, of course, I fucking tweet out a picture of Bounty Soft fucking uh, roll of fucking paper towels with the caption of Rick Nash. And not two seconds later, he fucking scores a shitty deflection goal. And everybody on Twitter's like, oh, what'd you say about Rick Nash? And this one fucking dweeb, I don't know if he's listening to this, he's like, yeah, the soft player goes to the front of the net for a deflection. And I'm like, dude, like, so a $7.8 million player is supposed to be a power forward went to the fucking front of the net. That's called doing your job. He's fucking soft. <laughs> dude, Rick Nash. <laughs> Rick Nash, I thought this was so funny. Have you played the new NHL 18? No. You know his rating is in the game? What? 82. Yeah. So he's making seven point something million dollars and he's at 82 overall. That's that's exactly what it is. And and, and to top that off because you brought up Stepan, I just wanted to revisit like Arizona Coyotes GM is supposed to be this young like numbers whiz guy. Of course Why he did. did they trade why did they trade a first round pick for Anti Ranta and fucking Derek Stepan when they're rebuilding? Like, uh, yeah. Why did that happen? And why and, did you guys get Elias Anderson out of that? Like why did they do that. I think they wanted a goalie. I think Antti Ranta is going to be their goalie for a while, which in hindsight, I don't think is a bad deal. I think he, he could be a number one goalie for sure. If you put the right pieces around him, I think he really can win. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how we got D'Angelo in a first, but then you'll see fucking Rangers fans who are like, oh, we can't score. Oh, the step on trade sucks. Like, shut up, dude. Shut up. You don't know anything. Like, just get off of fucking Twitter, please. Thank you. Is, is D'Angelo riding the bus in the AHL still? Yes, he is. Uh, that's what I wanted to look up. I wanted to look up his stats. I, I, You know, you trade for this fucking kid, and then, oh, hey, never mind. Let's just fucking put him to the goddamn minor. So uh, it's it's all sorts of fucked right now, man. Uh, really quick, I don't want to, like, go Rangers forever, but the rumors Bob McKenzie put out on his pop podcast about a possibility of Galchenyuk and Shaw to the Rangers. What do you think? I would love Andrew Shaw. I know he makes a lot of money, but that's the fucking grit that, you know, the Rangers need. Uh, you hate Andrew Shaw. I, I like him. I'd, and Galchenyuk needs to get out of Galchenyuk's one of those guys that, like, Montreal fans have just belittled throughout the years that if he does go to a new team, I wouldn't be surprised him putting up, like, 30 goals regularly. I would just, I don't know, I can just see Andrew Shaw and Tony D'Angelo ripping up a bar in Hoboken. Yeah, definitely. With fucking fist pumping and everything. Um, Alright. But yeah, so let, let's go to our fucking voicemail really quick. Um, this is this is Pat Ballantyne. Alright, I got another question here. How about Ooh. your worst arena experience? For uh, me, it would be Cheshire Fairgrounds Arena. In Keene, New Hampshire, pretty much it's an arena that's shared by um, State Grounds, which is a big state, let's just say. And every time I... Um, okay, Pat wants to know what our worst arena is. That was going to go on for another minute. Pat, uh, fucking speed him up. So, 
I'm going to go a different route because we're a fucking glass half full podcast. So my favorite locker room I ever played in was Corinth Youth Hockey. Uh, we played all of our games outside. You pull into the parking lot. The rink would be on the right-hand side out in the middle of like a little fucking field. And then on the left-hand side, there was a barn that was, wasn't was insulated. So you'd go to the barn to get changed. There'd be like four or five salamander heaters, a bunch of guys wearing NASCAR jackets, just hacking darts, fucking baking out the, the barn tying kids skates it, it was a really good feel good type atmosphere you get out there you played hockey catch a little bit of frostbite go back into the barn where the dads would you know pop one off of the nightcap and then you drive back home listen to fog hat uh slow ride so that I, my favorite locker room was Corinth youth hockey and that'll never change <laughs> unreal i think i think for me i'm kind of going the same route i'll answer this question but growing up playing youth hockey like people would always get excited when you get to play in like an AHL rink or oh, yeah. a college rink. Yep. I hated that shit. <laughs> locker, locker rooms were nice, sure, but half the time, like, you couldn't afford to turn all the lights on. They turned yep. half the lights on. College rinks, AHL rinks, it's hot in there. I don't know how, like, pro players do it. Like, those rinks get hot. Yep. Like, like all, all around, I always just thought it was a mediocre experience. Like, I would take nine times out of ten times out of ten, like, a rink – where you can't feel your toes, the boards are old as shit, it hurts when you get hit, but, like, the ice is so fast, there's rats in the crowd, like, there's, like, aluminum, like, stands, and, like, you look above, and there's, like, those space heaters that don't do shit, like, uh, give me a rink like that with character, where it doesn't matter, like, you can just, like, I don't know, you can puke on the bench, you can do whatever you want, no one cares if you leave your water bottle there, like, it's it's just a free-for-all, and it's a better hockey environment than playing in some bullshit pseudo pro rank no i agree with that for sure um pat thanks for calling in if you guys want to leave us voicemails whether it's beer league or anything hockey related give us a call 518-309-2595 hit up the morning skate hotline leave us a message we'll play them on the podcast again that is 518-309-2595 talk to the boys let us let us know what you're thinking how you think we're doing whatever we'll play them also Again, Pat, appreciate it. Just speed it up next time. Um, moving on. I think now it's time for uh, Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay. Hal, who wants to go first here? You got it, bud. All right. So my Hero of the Week goes to Kerry Frazier. He was just diagnosed with uncurable cancer, which obviously isn't the best. He's my Hero of the Week. For, I mean, one reason and one reason only, how many NHL refs can you name by, like, can you just name? Can you name a bunch of, uh, like, NHL refs or no? Uh, no. But there, I mean, so the Bruins, I just want to say this really quick, the Bruins, I forget who it was, uh, some referee, like, had, like, his thousandth game, and they did, like, a big ceremony for him, like, before. It was kind of strange, like, they, like, signed jerseys, and, like, his family was on the ice, very, very weird. Chris Rooney. Chris Rooney, that's who it was. Okay. That's, like, one of the only names I know. Yeah, but Carrie I think... Frazier. Yeah, Kerry Frazier, I think, is the first name that comes to my head no matter what. Uh, guy's been a fucking legend of the game. Unreal ref. He's going through some really shitty stuff right now. But he's a fighter. He'll fight. Uh, so my hero of the week, keep it up, Kerry. Uh, we're praying for you, man. T's and P's. Uh, yeah, hero of the week, Kerry Frazier. All right, my hero is Darren Drager. Uh, just because, like, I don't know. I don't think you like Darren Drager that much. No. I don't think he's really the most reliable source. Although, if you look through his history, he's broken a lot of 
lot of trades. He is. I think. I think he got duped by his own fake account tonight, though, about the Duchesne trade. Yeah, but he reported this. He was the first one to report this. Like, what two days ago it was? He yeah, said it fell through. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that gives him a little credibility. A lot of people say he got into business. I forget who, how he like knows somebody or he'd like. Do you know how he got into the business or some weird story? Not a big Drager guy, so I don't. He, he either has a family friend or like a wife's friend, and that was his only source. And people said once that source left, he didn't have any. But he broke. He broke this trade. The other thing too that I think is kind of interesting, and it could I could be wrong, but I kind of want to credit Darren Drager a little bit on this trade just because he put out that it didn't work out and he said it didn't work out. But once he did that, he had he had Matt Duchesne in one locker room thinking, oh, I'm not going to get traded anymore. He had Kyle Turris thinking, oh shit, they're going to trade me now, and he had like even Eckholm's name was involved. So he had all these players in limbo, and it probably created some tension in the locker room. So I'm thinking maybe the GMs felt like, oh shit, Like now that everyone knows this, maybe we should try to get this done and help them rehash it. So I'm going to give Darren Jager the assist on the trade. That, that's a fucking wild way to think about it. I would almost name him the zero, just because the players are like, god damn it, Jager. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck, man? Kyle Turris is probably just like, Jesus Christ. Ekholm, I, just banging bodies even more upset. I mean, for sure, my, my one guy when it comes to trades is Bob McKenzie. I literally don't trust anybody else besides that guy. That guy's a fucking man. Um, but, yeah, I guess good for you, Drags. Uh, moving on, uh, my zero of the week, the New York Islanders. Uh, John Tavares has 12 goals, 5 assists through 13 games, and he's still not signed. I don't think the Islanders still have a rink yet. Um, Josh Bailey is on pace for a 99-point season. What are they going to do? I don't know. I was just thinking, I don't know. I This sounds stupid, and I just, for some reason, I think the Islanders should trade him. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Mike, John Tavares is such like a, they always say such like, I don't know, loyal guy, and he wants to stay with his team, but like, does he really? And like, he's going to request a ton of money to stay there, I'm assuming. Like, yeah. I don't think they have the pieces to build around them. Like, I honestly think if they traded John Tavares, like, they would get such a fucking haul that they could rebuild pretty quickly. It doesn't seem like the dumbest move on my part, but for some reason, Garth Snow, shout out, you main. I just, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. I could see him just walking somehow. No, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting what happens with the Islanders. They're still JV, so. Um, who is your zero of the week? Yeah, my uh, zero of the week is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, they've won back-to-back cups, but Michael Russo was a podcast. He's a writer for The Athletic, which is this highly touted, I don't know, like paid-for website where the big journalists who think they're really important go. Uh, he had, On his podcast, he talked about how Matt Cullen didn't have gluten and dairy, I think, and now all of the Pittsburgh Penguins are gluten-free, <laughs> like a team one thing. The one that's so soft, like that man card. Gluten's in like fucking everything. Like, if you can't eat gluten, then you're not a man. Two, I'm calling bullshit because you're trying to tell me Phil Kessel's not eating buns, (laughs) any carbs. That's not true. And there was a thing out there. Ryan Reeves was eating a cheeseburger on TV like a week ago. So one, it's a lie. Two, only the Pittsburgh Penguins would make their whole team go gluten free. That's such like a Chris Letang. Sydney Crosby situation. It makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I mean, that's a good zero. Uh, I kind of want to change my zero if that's okay. What is it? My zero, 
my updated zero of the week goes to uh, Rangers beat reporter Steve Zappay. Um, he got in a fucking argument with some, like, I've, I don't know, fucking Hermes blog. One of their guys said something, and he, like, compared, he said the guy was comparing the game to, like, what the terrorist attack in Manhattan. And then talked about how, like, bloggers uh, just steal all the beat reporter stuff and all this shit. And uh, how the beat reporters don't get the respect that they deserve in the long hours of work at night and all this shit. And, like, his next tweet was, like, Rick Nash just left the ice in the, for the morning skate. It's just like, Zippay, like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You're chilling in the stands with a coffee watching the Rangers practice. Like, is, there, is that really fucking hard work? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know what you get when you're a beat reporter. Like, a beat reporter's job is to inform the public. Like, yeah. You inform writers who write about the game. Like, you're not the person making the hit pieces. You're the one giving the information for the hit pieces. That's literally what you get paid for. Yeah. Your title is literally what you do. Like, I mean, I, it's weird because, like, it, the best beat reporters are the beat reporters that literally never, literally just state facts. They give you all the information. That's your job. I forget. There used to be one for the Bruins. He's not there anymore. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. All he did is he told you who was injured, what was happening. There was a call-up. There was a send-down. He would be the first one to tell you, but he never gave you his opinion. X's and O's. Like, that's not their job. So if you're a beat reporter and you stay in your lane like that, there are tons of guys around the league, and I'm sure there's tons of fans that respect their beat reporters. But if you have a holier than thou, like, if you think you are the top cheese and, like, the journalist chain, like, you're wrong. Yeah, it's just not your own. Yeah, and and I'm doubling down on my zero. My zero also goes to all the bloggers that got like incredibly offended about this and went on like these pretentious like runs about how important they are to the world and all this shit. Like it was it was honestly just a battle of like whose dick was bigger and like get the no, fuck over yourself, guys. Like mix in a goddamn water. You're talking about hockey. Not everything is so fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus, You're doing right, man. Get the fuck out of here. So. Dominic Moore, thank you for the heroes and zeros. And last but not least, we are now going to get into our three stars. Hit the music. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars this week. This is what we're doing. We're doing this because Duchesne just got traded. We are going to do our three stars favorite trades that have happened throughout the course of history in the NHL. Good? All right, so I'll go first. Uh, my first one, Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg. This one I fucking love. Martin Erat, I don't think scored. He may have scored two goals, but he may not have scored a goal for the Washington Capitals. And Philip Forsberg ended up being a fucking stud. Can you imagine if Philip Forsberg was on the same fucking team as Ovechkin? Uh, just a huge swing and a miss, and I'm a big swing and a miss guy. So uh, my first trade is definitely Martin Erat for fucking Philip Forsberg. Huge swing and a miss guy, yeah. I agree. I'll go uh, my first legendary trade. Uh, Ray Bork and Dave Anderchuk for uh, Brian Ralston, Martin Grenier, Sammy Paulson. That's a name. What a great fourth-line centerman. And a first-round pick. Uh, obviously, I mean, as a Bruins fan, it was. I'm sure it was sad. I was probably too young to really understand what was going on. But in the end, we got to see Ray Bork win a Stanley Cup the next year. Can I say something, dude? That's the softest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like, out of all sports, everything. The fact that Bruins fans were, like, pumped that Ray Bork still won a Stanley Cup, even though... Because he was like, I want out of Boston, right? He just wanted to win a Stanley Cup and he sucked. Yeah, but, like, why are you sucking this guy's dick? Because, because... Alright, so, there's two... I, like, understand what you're saying. There's two thoughts. One, 
he was like, dude, he was a legend. He was such a good defenseman. He deserved to win a Stanley Cup. Like, I, do you not root for, like, the guys who are, like, 38 years old and have been in the league forever to win a cup? I understand it's your team, but there was no chance the Bruins were winning the Stanley Cup. Okay. My issue with it, my issue with it would be that people forget that the Bruins or Boston held a championship parade for Ray Bork. Like, that happened. That's a joke. And That's, like, the dumbest of- fucking thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. And, and Boston's like the city of champions. How crazy is it that before the Red Sox won that first World Series over the Patriots, that we were so desperate for anything that they had Ray Bork had a, like a celebration? So that's dumb. But I, I don't under I don't understand your thought process on Bruins fans not being happy for Ray. Bork. No, you can, like no, like, you can be happy for Ray Bork. I get that. But the fact that like this is still talked about and how people still suck his dick. Like if Henrik Lundqvist got traded and won a cup, I clearly would be put like I would be rooting for whatever team Henrik Lundqvist was on. But I wouldn't talk about it years later about how awesome it was that Henrik Lundqvist won a cup. It would just kind of be like, okay, cool, he won. That's awesome. Yeah, I just don't think you understand the magnitude of the situation. Well, I mean, we also don't fucking hold parades for guys that aren't on our team. So. That's right. Dude, you just have, you just have your uh, runner-up banners in the stands. Or 20-plus right. or, or championships in the Bronx, and it's, it is what it is. So. <laughs> what, dude? All right, just a timeout. I just wanted to sum this up really quick. A New York sports fan, this is going to be shocking to some. This is breaking news. Wasn't really sure where to go in a little bit of a debate about two different sports cities, so they ended up <laughs> the Yankees have won. So. And probably the least surprising news ever. That's how that conversation had. Who's your number two star? Or, yeah. uh, number two. Anson Carter for Yarmir Yager. Uh Fact check this maybe, but I'm pretty sure the Rangers traded Anson Carter and a couple other people to Washington to Washington for Yarmy Yager, and I'm pretty sure Washington paid for half of his contract. Another huge swing in the miss for the Washington Capitals. I don't know what the fuck you guys are thinking or what you're smoking over there, but brutal. Yarmy Yager put the fucking Rangers on the map, had over a 100-point season, scored 52 or 54 goals in one of them. Guy was just lights out for the Rangers. Uh... That that was awesome. I mean, he was he was in a the point of his contract where people wasn't really even sure if he could still play anymore. Goes to New York, fucking turns the organization around. Always going to be a big Yager guy. That's my second trade. Yeah, you know what's crazy is I just looked this up and I was looking through it. The Washington Capitals said they traded Yarmir Yager simply because they couldn't afford to have that big of a contract. Really? It was just for money because they couldn't afford it. Like that's that's pretty sad. Like you look at the Washington Capitals now. And I still say this to this day. I think Washington Capitals fans are the worst, least educated, most hype trained fan base of all time. Like I hate Washington Capitals. They're fans. the millennials of like at the NHL. Yeah, which is funny because you think it would be like a team in like the South or something like that, but no, it's a hundred percent the Washington Capitals. So I feel like it's, it's the same way with the Washington Nationals too. Yeah, it's just not really a sports area. It's kind of like Los Angeles. I think like they have too much stuff going on. They're too snooty. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's funny. They just couldn't afford him. Yeah, that's a terrible trade. I didn't even realize that's who Yarmie Yarmie got traded for, how that happened. So. Anson fucking Carter, dude. The only the only thing I wish they, like, included in that was Anson Carter was never allowed back in New York because his fucking TV show he has on MSG is, like, the worst thing in the entire world. I scream at the sheriff whenever he has it on because it's just giving them another rating. What? Wait, what is it? He has a fucking he has a hockey show on MSG. I don't even know what the fuck it's called. That guy is, like, the biggest square ever. The fact that they put him in front of, a, like, a TV just blows my fucking mind. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a tough guy. I'll give you that. Who's, who's yours? Um, trying to think. My second one's going to be when the Bruins, this is a homer pick again, 
Boston Bruins when they got Mark Reck with the trade deadline uh, back in 2009. They trade, he was at the end of his career, legend. Never really liked him before that, honestly. They traded him for Martin Carsons and Matt Lashoff, and they got a second-round pick, too. Clifton so Park, New traded, York. Yeah, they traded two busts. Carsons came up with Krejci, and they were supposed to be, they're called like Special K. They're supposed to be the two big prospects for the Bruins. He's somewhere in like the KHL now riding a dangerous plane. And Matt Lashoff. <laughs> was out of the league in like a year and he was like playing acoustic sets to cover like dashboard confessionals in a local bar. Hey dude, so, don't trip uh, the lash offs dude. They have a sick fucking uh lash off brother power skating academy in the summers up here, so Alright, I take it back. Uh big lash off fan. So I mean I don't know, I mean it's pretty straightforward as a Bruins fan. Mark Recky meant so much of that Stanley Cup championship. The fact that we got him in a second round pick for crappy prospects. Do you know what the second like, round pick was? Oh, it was a second-round pick in 2010, so that second-round pick must have been Ryan Spooner. It's not bad. Not bad, but, I mean, it's still Ryan Spooner. I don't really like him that much. So, I mean, just a good trade for the Bruins. This is one of those small trades that you don't really think about. Trade deadline deals don't really go that well. So when your team makes a minor one like that, it's always kind of a feel-good situation. No, all right, for sure. Uh, My last trade, I was just, like, looking up fucking trades, and this one blows my mind. So Eric Lindros... Uh, uh, went from Quebec, correct? Yeah, when he was throwing a hissy fit. Yep, to the Flyers. And the Flyers sent Ron Hextall, Steve Duchesne, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, Peter Forsberg, Chris Fu- Chris Simon, and two first-round picks. That's fucking wild. Is there a play? Peter Forsberg, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, Ron Hextall. I don't know who ended up being the two first-round picks. But for one player, that's insane. I know it's like the, it's like the craziest group of players do that. That many well-known names are there. I mean, Chris Simon, like the psychopath. Mike Ricci, the ugliest, ugliest player in NHL history. Ron Hextall, holy legend, and then Peter Goddamn Forsberg. Like that's crazy. What? Pretty much a great trade for both both organizations. I mean, Philly never won because of the concussions, but Colorado ended up winning a cup from that trade, basically. Yeah, with Forsberg, you're right. So, I mean, that's nuts. I, I don't think we'll ever see a trade like that again where a player who's never played in the league gets that big of a hole and that many players that were traded for him actually do well. Yeah, that's that's fucking – I mean, if you look at it, you got Chris Simon, who's a fourth-line player, Peter Forsberg, legend, Mike Ricci, a very good role player. I don't know who Kerry Huffman or Steve Duchesne is. Ron Hextall, great goalie. I don't know who the two first-round picks are, but, like, it's hard to say who really won that fucking deal. Yeah. Other than the Colorado winning cup, so I guess Colorado. Steve Duchesne was a three-time All-Star and he won a cup with Detroit, so. Oh, right. I didn't even Detroit. know it. So, yeah. I mean, that's a crazy trade. I'll, I'll throw mine last. My last one, just because I think this is so funny that this ever happened. Paul Gostad, the goose, the former Buffalo Sabre meat wagon. Never forget when he bought me along with Lucci, just for Boy Rex. is one of his favorite YouTube videos. I love when he pulls that one up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Got traded to Nashville for a first-round pick. Someone traded a first-round pick for a Paul Gostad rental. Woof. I don't even, I don't even, like, what could be going through your head? And that's Nashville, so that is Nashville. So if we're going to sum up this three-star segment, Nashville traded uh, Forsberg and a first-round pick. The other four, or not Forsberg, what's his name? Who's the guy from? Erat. Yeah, they traded Erat in a first round. Oh, that trade was good, so now I'm sounding like an idiot. So I guess they cancel out. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I go back. So they cancel out. Nashville made one good trade, but that was just a stupid trade. Yeah, the only one that kept doing bad trades was Washington. Yeah, Washington. Washington makes question moves every year. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't fucking know, but fucking very, you know, big trades. Rewind time a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that, that was the three stars. Thanks for listening this week. Again, next week we have Mikey Grinelli from uh, Spin Chicklets. The producer, he's going to be on here to talk some college hockey. Uh, we have some stuff in the works right now. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at morning underscore skate. Check us out on Facebook. Check out the blog. Help us get our cloud up. Um, how do you have anything left? No, have a good night, everyone. All right, have see. Have a good day. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, yeah. Dale loves Mondays. Cause I be all up in the club rocking, posted with a pocket full of cheese. Okay. And you know I keep them convicts bobbing, uh, holding it uh. down for my G. And we gon' do it like this. Now we gon' do it like this. Catch me in the middle of the sea like fish. Like fish. No, I don't got stacks on net. Got stacks in my pocket, got stacks on my neck. In the middle with the club with my hands in the